Hi, and welcome back to On Guard Cigar Salon. I'm Mr. Christopher. I'm Ray Bannon. I'm Graylin Thornton. I'm the Cigar Pig. I'm Amp. <laughs> and today, we are very, very lucky to have one of the most photographed, one of the most beautiful, one of the most fabulous nuns in the world, Sister Roma. Thank you so much. You did that just like we rehearsed. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my contract. That's literally what you have to say. Thank you so much. And I just want to say, it's, I'm so excited to finally be here because I've been on all of your jocks about getting on this show for so long. Because I love you all so much. I honestly, we have such a history. And it means everything to be here. And just so you don't know, I wish this was like a scratch and sniff because when I walked in, I was like, ah. this smells so great right now. I mean, this is just incredible. Oh. And we're so happy you're here because we want to talk about volunteering and volunteer organizations. And of course, you are part of one of the biggest volunteer organizations there is, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that organization? Of course, I would love to. You know, I've been a sister for 36, I'm in my oh. 36th year wow. of being the sisters. I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I graduated from college and I moved here. And within two years I had met the sisters and it like, my head exploded. I was like, who are these crazy, like show girl, drag queen nuns? And um, I learned that they, the sisters were one of the first groups ever to produce a safer sex pamphlet called Playfair that mm -hmm. educated the community about how to avoid HIV AIDS, which yep. was really ravaging the community. The sisters were one of the first groups to hold a fundraiser for people who were yep. sick and dying and needed help. And when I met them, I, I kind of had been in the city for two years and I was like a gay kid in a gay candy store. Like it was all about dick and booze. And you know, I just, I had <laughs> a great time, but the sisters really made me realize that, oh my God, like I care, like I care about my community and I, I care about my civil rights. And they made me look around and see that there was work that needed to be done. So the sisters really were pioneers in the fight against HIV and AIDS. And at the time, the order had reached a real big pinnacle when Sister Boom Boom ran for supervisor. You might remember that. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes which was huge. Um, but then HIV AIDS happened. A lot of sisters left the order. People went in different directions. And by the, when I joined, there was really just five active members in San Francisco. Hmm. So we were a really small group. But we were super visible and super obnoxious. And uh, <laughs> I started hosting Pride in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I started hosting nightclubs. And um, the order grew here in San Francisco. And now we have orders in four continents, if you can imagine Jesus. that. And now it's an all-volunteer-run organization, correct? 100% volunteer, absolutely. And, and that's what we want to talk about today. Because uh, one of the questions we get asked a lot is how do I enter the kink scene? I'm new to the kink scene. How do I get involved? And one of the best ways I think is volunteering and everyone here has volunteered for some organization, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what have you volunteered? How's it changed your life? Well, I, I started volunteering at a really young age because I was growing up here in the Bay area. But, um, now one of my favorite organizations is the Tama Feminine Foundation. Mm. And, um, mm because I'm very close to Dirk, who is the founder of that organization. And, you know, he made me understand that, you know, we have to be involved in the community. And, and you know, especially growing up here in San Francisco, because like you, you know, we were raising money because we were leather people and we had the ACM agency funds. So mm -hmm. we really had to work hard during those time periods. What about you, Ray? 
Actually, the first time I volunteered was in Chicago when Anita Bryant was appearing, and they needed people to organize <laughs> protests. Oh. And I helped with the organization of the protest, and that was really kind of the first time I got my, my volunteer chops going. Did you throw a pie in her face? Was that no. you? Was that oh, you? Don't you wish we revealed it here today? No. I wanted to, but but no, I, that wasn't me. But uh, that was the beginning. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Do people even know who she is anymore? No. Like, no. Is that, who is that? I'm okay. asking it because I know who she is, but people at home aren't going to know that maybe. So Anita Bryant is a singer. Uh-huh. I'll be kind. Um, and uh, yeah. and um, she was a representative of Florida Orange Juice. And she came out with a very um, save mean the children, spirit, save the children, mean-spirited anti-gay campaign. Kind of how it, they're uh, going today, down yes. drag yeah. today, Sound right? Familiar. Yeah, exactly. And um, and there were a lot of protests, and we had a lot of support from the people that she yep. was appearing actually at an an a venue, and the event manager came out and said. We don't want her here either, but we signed a contract a year ago. Just let the audience in, but protest the hell out of this. Yep. That was the venue owner. You know, yeah. So, yeah. And they went and pied her live on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, was... really, seriously, Google it. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, we'll we'll it's you. the best to watch. It's so good. So yeah, good. she was hateful. She really was. And so pious. And just, ugh, yeah. God. Well, and remember, she was a Miss America. Mm -hmm. yes. Right. Yep. Yes. That's how she started. That's how, yeah. So the first time I ever volunteered was I, I had just got a new car, and I was just really so happy to get a new car that I thought I need to give back. And so I started working for Food for Life, uh, volunteering, uh, uh, delivering groceries to people's houses that couldn't do it up in Sonoma, uh, that couldn't get out of the house that were homebound because of AIDS. Um, and it was one of the most rewarding things I did because people were so grateful. And you got to like hand bags of groceries directly to them and see how grateful they were. And it just made me feel good. And it was like the highlight of my week every week delivering food. That's great, yeah. So. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. That's pretty, wow, yeah. look at you. Yeah, well, well, I started actually in the 70s, there used to be the Mattachine Society and they had a newspaper called The Fifth Freedom. So I did some things with them, but I think the most important was I became a nurse. And when I was a baby nurse, we started doing um, educational programs in hospitals because the staff was not aware. And believe it or not, their in-service education departments did not have specific AIDS-related, then it was called HTLV-3. It, it happened so new. And if you want to know something, we used things like what the sisters and organizations like that put out. Because believe it or not, at that time in the early 80s, you know, regular medical organizations were not putting anything out yet. And we were trying to get out to the community, simple things like tears, sweat, and saliva. Do not spread AIDS. Stop with this craziness. Right. So information. God, isn't it great to be from San Francisco? <laughs> I mean, honestly, well, we, we live in a bubble. We so. live in a bubble, but bubble. we also live in a place where there were so many first, the Medicines. I mean, that, that was one of the first like LGBTQ organizations Absolutely. ever. And the sisters and the Imperial Court and the leather community oh, yeah. and the way that we all work together and we stand up for each other and we raise money together to help people. That's like at the core of who we are. What do you think has made the sisters so successful as all volunteer for so long? Because there's so many organizations yeah. that can't just stay all volunteer. Well, there's a lot of passion behind it. That's true. I always say that I think sisters are born, not made. Um, 
you have to hear the calling. You have to have a real uh, commitment to service in the community, but you also have to have a certain amount of, you know, look at me, theatrical, you know, I mean, hello. <laughs> what? <right? laughs> really? Theatrical? I don't know what I'd bit. say that. Not all, not all sisters are quite as, as crazy as I am, but, you know, everybody, we all... Even though we're also completely different, very diverse. The order has diversified greatly since the original sisters were basically like white men. And now we've got everything. Everybody is very well represented. And everybody brings a new passion to the order. And if, if you look around, there's never a lack of things that need to be done. There's never a lack of communities to help. There's never a lack of ways to be of service or to entertain. So I think that the sisters... The thing about sisters in each city is that they look around and they see where they can, where they are most needed. Mm -hmm. In Atlanta, we have an amazing, uh, it's called Lost and Found Youth. It's a second-hand store, but it also, it uh, is a, a it's a, um, like a hospice, like a, not a hospice. It's a, what am I trying to say? Uh, like a house like for a, homeless, like a halfway LGBT house. Center. A it's safe like a halfway house. house, safe house. Thank you so much. It's like a, it's a, it's a. Uh, they support the safe house with a thrift store oh, and that's great. an amazing organization wow. in vegas they have a drug assistance program it's just and then and then people like in berlin you know we're like well do you do a lot of fundraising they're all like <laughs> <laughs> why everything they're well taken care of so they, don't they are to... right <laughs> welcome to america <laughs> we have to take care of ourselves care of them. Yeah, yeah they have health care and they're like you know they're good so, but they do a lot of political activism yeah. and a lot of just, just the really, the, so our, our actual vows are to expiate stigmatic guilt mm. and to promulgate universal joy. Which oh my is, God, that must be really joy. huge right now as you're, as we are being attacked, well, especially through. drag queens are being attacked right now. Yeah. So. You don't you know want promulgate? Promulgate? Pro what was the word? Promulgate. promulgate. What is that? Promulgate universal joy. Promulgate is to like expel and, and yeah. Um, to spread around. To spread, to spread around. around. Yeah. To foster. Well, and like right. you mentioned yeah. Berlin, but I have to tell you, one time I was on vacation in France and I was young and poor, come out of the subway and there are these sisters walking by and I was like, oh my God, it's like home. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, one of my favorite events was at Lazy Bear when the sisters would do the bingo. And that was so much fun because it was like people from all over Guerneville, like, you know, Poor people and old people all playing bingo together yeah. and screaming things like, you know, free shit. That that was a chance. That's cool. Every, who doesn't love like, free who shit? Who doesn't love free shit? Sisters in Russian River still do bingo and they're huge, oh, they really popular, very well attended. They, I am impressed by the amount of money that the sisters pull out of that community. Yeah. I mean, they raise a lot of they money do. in that little community. Well, you know, I used to, in another job, um, I used to work with Coming Home Hospice. And the sisters used to do bingo at Most Holy Redeemer. Sure and I have to tell you, that was the number one bridge between us being able to rent their own convent and you go, oh, yeah, the sisters, the gay community, and they are very good in that little part of the Castro. But you guys always had bingo, and we were the recipients of the money. And I'll tell you, it really made a difference. It really does. And I'm glad that you mentioned bingo because we are doing a sister bingo. <laughs> <laughs> March 
Okay, we didn't know this, by the way. Free shit. Free shit. Free shit. Coming back to do Sister Bingo on And it's fun. And it's very fun. Oh, God. Who gave Pig a whistle? We'll get there. Foreshadowing. It is at the Harvey Milk Center for the Arts, and it's on March 25th. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. We will show up. How random. Yeah. Raylan, you mentioned AEF before. What are some other all-volunteer? Because AEF is all volunteer, correct? Not anymore. No, it hasn't. So, and this uh, this happens a lot because Claw used to be all volunteer. Right. Uh, Leather Archives and Museum is that all volunteer? No. No. So, are there any that are all volunteer anymore? Um, well, I'm wearing a shirt from oh. Real Bad. All oh, right. And Real the Real Bad organization. Um, actually, they have a, a GGRF as their name in the gay uh, rights. What is it? I forget what it stands for. That's terrible. Grassroots. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's on the right. screen it's below. On, it'll, it'll be in the, it'll be in the list. But they're an all-volunteer organization. Yeah. They have this big event called Real Bad, which is during Folsom Street Fair. It's a big uh -huh. dance. 100% of the people are, are volunteers. And they ra have raised, over the course of the time that they've been doing this, $3.6 million. Incredible. That's that has gone to a multitude Incredible. of nonprofits. Mm -hmm. This year alone, they've... I, 220, 230,000 just in 2022. They do amazing work, all volunteer, and I think this is a good representation of how you can have an all volunteer effort yes. and do tremendous good in the community. And people have no idea how hard it is to even raise a mil, a thousand or five thousand. Oh yeah. To raise mil, I mean to raise, it is an act of Congress to raise that much. No, well, you know, Congress is Congress okay, right? sucks. But the last, the, the last uh, podcast that we did, we talked about title holders, right. and I just wanted to throw in there that title holders are volunteers. Mm -hmm. You know, they they. They have to do all these things that people expect them to do, and, and you know. Right, the imperial. So court. be nice to them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned your shirt. I also have a volunteer shirt, which is LDG Leatherman's Discussion Group. I believe they're all volunteers. They as are. Well. They are. And you have. I have uh, Mr. Friendly because I was always associated with HIV care. So I real. This is a wonderful, wonderful organization that really does great things. Gear up. Gear up is Gear also up. yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm sure there's many more that we're not yeah. remembering. I'm volunteering right now. Yes. Yeah. Help, 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 help. <laughs> well, you were Mr. Friendly. Wasn't that the name of the title? I think yeah. this is well, your shirt. I was Mr. Friendly, the last Mr., but now it's Team Friendly. Oh, it is it's, Team it's Friendly. It's much more inclusive okay. and, and less about just the guys because HIV affects more than just guys, turns out. Absolutely. So, Roma, um, what would you say is the hardest part about volunteering that most people don't realize? You know, I I think like with anything, it's just motivating yourself to get out mm -hmm. there and do it. Like part, really half of the chores of life is just showing up, mm -hmm. you know, and being present and, and, and doing the work. Um, but, you know, I also people are so often, because I've been doing this for so long and done just all of these organizations that you've talked about, I've worked with in one way or another. And they're like, you know, thank you for your work. And I'm all like, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Right. It really doesn't. It just brings me so much joy. And it's, it's just such a beautiful way to spend your life. I feel like if you can get out of your own way and look around and see people who need help and volunteer, it, it just comes back to you like a thousand times. And the people you meet and the friendships you cultivate oh, because you're yeah. both doing something in a common way. Right. 
Yeah. But you know, there are times when I don't feel like beating this. Yeah. Sure, gorgeous. <laughs> you didn't roll out of bed like that. I feel like being that gorgeous. I know. But, uh, you know <laughs> but you have to like stop and go. Look, you made a commitment, bitch. You know, like you're gonna. It doesn't have to be perfect. Although it does it like, ever get hard? <laughs> does yeah, it ever get hard? You know, yeah. there are times when you're just like, oh, I cannot believe that I said I would do this for these. You know. And then you pull yourself together and you're like, go do it. Yeah. And once you get there, you're just like, oh, this is why I exist. Yeah, that's wonderful. I get that. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest part about volunteering? Well, I think it could be discouraging when you volunteer and you get there and things aren't as perfect as you thought they should be. But then you have to realize, oh, those people are volunteering too. You know, so you have to give them a break as well. I right. think it's sometimes I think people enter a volunteering thing thinking like real bad. It's just going to be fun. Yeah. You know, it's just good. Right. It's a party. It's a dance party, and we'll and you have to volunteer and be at the door, and then and then you're all of a sudden going, oh, this is work. Yes. <laughs> oh, they want me to work. <laughs> I don't know where your clothes tag is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, mine was genuine. Mine was you're genuine. genuine. Well, he's an um, actor. <laughs> so I have a question. So some organizations get really big. Should volunteers be paid? Or how should they be compensated? Should they be compensated in any way? So do you mean uh, in addition to like executive staff and, and people? Well, who, that's their thing. Boards, yeah. I mean, that, a lot of these organizations are so huge. They have very well-paid right. people who manage them and run them and represent like GLAD, for example. Right. <clears throat> um, I think that volunteers just are sort of, it's in their nature to be altruistic. Like, I don't think volunteers do it looking for some kind of compensation. I agree. I think the compensation is knowing that you're doing good. Like, you bringing food to the door is like, that's the reward. That's why you do it. And that's I, why I do it. I mean, I think that's what motivates agree, most yeah. volunteers. I don't think people do expect to get paid. However, organizations get so big that they need full-time people. Um, and then what, what happens when you get to an organization that gets that large and it feels like it's not volunteerism anymore? Right. When you're, you've, you've done a fundraiser and you're like, we raised a thousand dollars. You're like, three cents will go to the chicken. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not good. And that, that is, that does bother me. That is yeah. really, but yeah. like you said, there, it's huge. There's a lot, it's a full-time job to manage these, these organizations. It is. And you know, some of the, like the sisters, the total volunteer organizations have far more impact than some of the paid ones. Right. And I think what some of the paid ones do is they, they have very good fundraisers, which I applaud them for. And certainly they have wonderful people working for them. But there's a very limited queer dollar. That's, it's, an, it's a very small donor source. And we noticed that during the HIV years. And it started migrating towards marriage equality. And some of the HIV money actually dried up. And we said, look, this is a paid organization that needs a budget. And it can't say, oh, we can't do such and such. And, you know, they didn't. But there are some bigger organizations in our community who I do think take a lot of money out of the community and the total volunteer, like the sisters, do more than them. I, I also think it depends on what you're asking. If you are asking somebody to fly across the country mm -hmm. and pay for a hotel room and have all, and all their meals out of town and things like that, maybe there should at least be compensation in the form of flying them, putting them up. Right. So you're talking them. about presenters or MCs or something. Yeah, for gay events. Yeah, people that have to pop their own money 
to volunteers. Yeah, and to me, that's not paying. That's an event cost. That's not the individual's cost. So they and should, should be, be compensated for expenses. Yeah. yeah, because that's the event. It has not the the person is the star or the the person needed. So it isn't about them. But what I love is many you guys have all stepped up and paid for it to actually do those roles. Actually, Pig, you for our organization, you you buy well, all our lunches. And, it, well, <laughs> yeah. and it's because of what Roma said. It's because you know the stuff is important, uh -huh. and I do believe this is how information gets out. But right. let me ask you this, um, and and you especially when you're having a fundraiser or something, and you have the choice of getting a bigger star that you have to pay. Or I don't want to say a lesser star because that's <laughs> but you know someone else who's not so big of a star. Do you do you pay the star or you know how do you balance that? How do you make that decision? Well, it's, oh, the place to start is always to ask them if they're willing to volunteer their time. Yeah, and then like you said, usually we're like you know we'll cover your travel, we'll find mm -hmm. uh, push you out oh, somewhere, um, <clears throat> but the sisters have done that. Like we brought Trixie Mattel to our Project Nunway, which oh, is one great. of our biggest fundraisers. And she, I mean, she just slashed her, her fee, her appearance fee mm -hmm. for us. I mean, she was very generous, but we paid her, yeah. you know, I mean, and then, yeah. and she is a huge draw. Yeah. And you right? have to, you have to and spend so you money have to, to make money. That, right? Well, right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's navigating and balancing that, that what's, what someone is worth. Like, yeah, Trixie Mattel is obviously a lot more beneficial to your cause than someone who doesn't have social media, that doesn't have a presence or a poll. But for just one like a day, you too can help all the leather daddies. Cue the Sarah McLaughlin music by leaving a comment down below. You too can help and volunteer your time to. No, but seriously, like we'll get we'll we'll volunteer at things sometimes, and every once in a while, it also depends on the organization too, like how much right. that organization has to even you know help whatever their organizers, fundraisers, volunteers to to make it, it possible. Well, um, so I've been. Can I just yeah. like my. Uh, 90% of everything that I do, if you ever see me, like I'm hosting something for a charity or I'm on stage somewhere doing something, it's volunteer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because to me, I always feel like this little organization doesn't, I'm not, I'm not here to take money. And I, and over COVID, I did so many virtual events. I found these great new organizations that I could become involved with and do things with. And it was, it's just like, I'm not going to you know, do that. But if I'm doing something like hosting Southern Decadence in New Orleans or somewhere where there's like a huge right. budget or a corporate sponsor, that's willing to pay me to go. I'm all, yeah. Give me, give, give me yeah. your money. Or give me that corporate money. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I think those organizations should, because that's what propagates it for the future. You know, people can't do it if they keep hitting a brick wall. But organizations that have the money, that's actually investing in the future. That that person is able right. to do it. And then when you're doing something with a where there's a huge budget, and you're looking around, and you're like, I know that bitch didn't come here. For <laughs> You know, what am I doing? So, but, but you have to decide. That's the beauty about being a volunteer and being like an independent drag queen. You can like decide. It's up to you. If you find something that you really believe in and you want to support and not charge, go for it. Like, that's beautiful. So that's the, that leads me to my next question, which is, so you have tons of people from different walks of life volunteering for an organization, and they all have opinions and personalities. How do you... Do, how do you handle different opinions and how people think things should be run and if someone gets a chip on their shoulder have you ever seen that in an organization <laughs> oh, what are you talking about 
Uh, well, the, along the lines of like serving and bringing food, one of my favorite organizations is Tenderloin Tessie. Oh, yeah. The holiday dinners. Yes. I volunteered with them for like the last 15 years. Uh, of course, they don't do Easter because that's our big our big anniversary party in Dolores Park. But for uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, that's usually how I spend my holidays. Like there are people there, both the guests of who I've seen for so many years and all the volunteers have become like family. But there are people who have definite opinions because I usually greet the people, squirt them with hand sanitizer, keep the mood light, engage people, and then we seat them. And there's, there's, there's a way to do it. Like there's volunteers who stand here, then they have to pick a table to bring eight people. And everybody has their own idea about how you should lead the eight people to a table and how it's going to work. And sometimes it's just like, look, why don't you go serve salad? How do you deal with that? Do you ever turn anyone away who wants to volunteer because they just don't have the well, personality yeah, for it? There's different roles. I mean, yeah. There's okay. so much to do at certain events. Sometimes maybe they shouldn't be so front-facing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great way to word Speaking it. Speaking of front-facing, is there... <laughs> How much do you think is altruism versus self-interest when people volunteer? Meaning yes. like, and how is, much is it, it healthy or is it like, I use my narcissism for good? Is it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> is it like, are they, are they posing? Are they doing it? For right. Are, are they, they doing, doing it for, to run for, you know, emperor one day. So they show up to, yeah. Ah. I, you know, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. have a problem you know, if the, if it's healthy. You know, if it isn't like really blatant and, and kind of, but if somebody's doing it because they want to get ahead or move, you know, meet people and they have a skill we need, I'm fine with it. Right. You make a good point because there is self-interest yeah. in volunteering. I'm new to a town. I want to meet people. I want to network. I want to find out more about this organization. They are going to have me volunteer doing this thing and I need to learn how to do that thing. So it benefits me too. So it, it's a two-way street. It is. You know. We all go to contests sometimes because we want to be seen there, because we want to be seen being supportive, whether or not we care about the contest or not. Wow. Kind <laughs> of true. <laughs> but it's true, he's being honest. That is But true. you know, that's part of being in a community. Because if people don't show up, that event isn't a success. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't see that as being a problem. It's Because yeah. if it wasn't a community you loved, you wouldn't go even at all. But I think we can sort of tell when you're when you're volunteering with someone and, and, and it's just a feeling, you know, like there's a sincerity that's really hard to fake. Yeah. And, some, people, I think. and sometimes we're, you know, we're kinksters. We like fetish ourselves up in r rubber or leather and we want to be seen and we want to strut. And we want to be all sexy. We might have like a sexy boa we want right. to put on our right. head. So, <laughs> you, know, you never know. In our, in our scene, that's part of what we do is we want to be seen. And yeah, it's our red carpet. It's our red carpet. So right. yeah. and I, I have to say that I feel like when people invite me to come to their event or occasion, <clears throat> automatically I'm like, they want this. Yeah. You know, like they don't, nobody wants to see just plain old me out of drag show up and be like, hey, you know, like people are like, is Roma here? <laughs> On a side note, has anyone talked shit about you to your face when you're out of drag? <laughs> just curious. Oh my god, that would be so. Oh, that was a good question. So, you know what? She's always bugged me too. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> but you know, I have to. I've been after doing this for so many years. People now, first of all, they recognize my voice. You know, yeah. the minute they're like, oh, um, or they just know what I look like because you know I'm on social media and yeah. I do post pictures of myself out of drag. But I, I feel sort of obligated to go to the effort and i also feel like it's it's i 
want to show my respect and appreciation for people. So I take the effort to show up like this. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. do show up. And we think that you do. I, have and so how long has this you. been your look? Well, I, I just posted a, so I posted a video on Instagram <laughs> and I started with my look from like 1987, right. which was very, very warping, but I, and all the way up till today, but I put on the post, on the posting, I put 1987 to 2023 and everybody started posting, I thought you died, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> my heart skipped a beat, I'm all, so I had to change the caption to say, I'm not dead. <laughs> this is not a retrospective. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I mean, the like, 1987 part, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was just, but I was kind of flattered. People thought, oh, they think I'm only 36 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, so that was an interesting learning uh, thing for me as, as often as I post. Not to put the, a, in a black box, put the dates, because people are like, she's dead. <laughs> uh, so my, but this has basically always been my look. I've refined I it. it. I mean, I became really close friends with a few trans women who taught me some real magic about makeup, and and then a bunch of drag queens, of course, mm -hmm. over the years. And I've watched and learned. And, and well, because I somebody told me, oh no, the sisters always have to have a bra as a habit. I said, I don't think that's true. I think it was only one or two who did that. <laughs> well, we Remember? have our nun bun. Oh, and you that, do. And I do have that. Oh, that see, is so. part of our San Francisco. Every order around the world has a unique headpiece that they wear. Ah, oh. so that is a like thing. Like there's cheese heads in Wisconsin. They have like, I love and they have pizza boxes. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that person was kind of right. Kind of right, yeah. And I told them they weren't. But no. <laughs> okay. So now we're in the area of uh, collabs, like just for fans and only fans, they collab all the time. Um, that's how they hook up. Can organizations uh, collaborate with each other successfully? Have you, have you experienced much success with that? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we were all been sort of talking about that. Yeah. The way that the Imperial Court and the leather community and the sisters and all these organizations come together for a certain cause or to raise money. And it's we play really nice together. But one of the things that I started like in 1989 was the Stop the Violence campaign. Yep. There had been a huge increase in hate crimes yep. around the Castro and, and Dolores Park. And I was just pissed off, and I was like, you know what, I have this little platform, and I have a, a Mac SE30 or whatever it was. <laughs> so I designed the pink triangle and put Stop the Violence and started a whole campaign I to raise that. awareness. Yeah. And then we brought whistles in, and we've done that ever since, basically. But we partnered with Onyx. Yes. yes. Do outreach to the Roma and, and, and your community. And guess what I found? Oh, we're going to see. It's, it's, it's deep in his pocket, though. Of course it is. <laughs> Dig in there. Yeah. That's a bit. Um, I have our, our whistle from the stock. Oh, wow, that it is the whistle. we did with the sisters. And, you know, I think we should do that again because the violence has, has started again. A thousand percent. I would literally, yes. people have been, I've been hearing so many people saying that they were doped and, and roofied and they've come out of the powerhouse and the cinch now, I've heard. Yeah. And they woke up on the sidewalk bloody and have no idea. Yeah, yeah and not or just San Francisco, yeah. around right. the nation. Right. Yes. We are being attacked more than ever. Oh, yeah. And scary. I'm not sure the next generation knows how to protect themselves. And right. I think it's up to us to teach them yeah. and to and start these campaigns. Three times, right? Yeah. Blow three yeah. times. Show us. Do it. Oh, thank That's you. Which is great. <laughs> and, it, and that, it draws attention it to does. you. It does. Well, yeah. it used yeah. to be in the streets, other queers knew because of that campaign yeah. right. that somebody's in trouble. Right. And that was such a successful campaign. And yet we have people 
like HRC, taking millions of dollars out of our community, and they're attending, you know, the next dinner in Washington. I love how when, you snuck that in. Well, when that <laughs> saves lives, that saves lives, just like the education about yeah. HIV from both your organizations did. Yeah, so let's do that again. Let's yeah, I totally would love yeah. to do that. Be a great I think it's a great idea. It's really kind of funny to me because Onyx, you know, is a is a club for men of color and kink, mm -hmm. and we partner with the sisters all the time. It's just it's just a really great collaboration. When we did um, our anniversary party this past year, uh, Sister Tonka Bell mm -hmm. did our blessing, and. I don't get emotional in, in public, but it was it was a was beautiful it? moment. Sure I bet. That, so much work and so much passion goes into those things. It is emotional. And the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence have been allies of the Leather King community from the very start. They have always been there whenever they've been asked to show up. They've always been supportive. They've always been, I think, an integral part of supporting our community. And, and it, it, is, it is really something well, I'm thankful for. The poster of Sister Boom Boom flying over San Francisco <laughs> and the broom with, and it said, and I have a friend who had a poster that knew Diane Feinstein, and he said, you know, I'll punch your hole if you punch mine, because, you know, that's how yes. we, we vote here in, in California. And, you know, that went internationally. And that really was, if you, well, if you remember it more than I do, I'm sure. But it really did give presence, and, and it really yes, she was gave the a wicked whole platform. Witch. She was the wicked witch. It was so funny. Off, Everybody and it had said, it. Surrender Diane. Yes. Oh, it did. Yes, yes, right. Surrender <laughs> Diane. I, I knew Sister Boom Boom as a leather person. Jack, so, yeah. Right. Yes, 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 Jack Furtick. Yeah. yeah. You have the a lot of leather sisters. Him was, oh, we do. Uh, at the Mr. San Francisco Leather Contest years ago. Sure. Yes. I think that's, you ask about why are the sisters so successful for so many years. It's because we do reach out and touch all right. these different communities, the trans community, the people of color, the API community. Like we are very passionate about all of these things, women's breast cancer, LGBT youth, the queer arts. Like you'll find a sister almost at every one of these, uh, uh, with working with all these different communities. So Leather Daddy Skin Company is a plant-based skincare line with a kinky twist. Leather, scotch, vanilla, and 18 erotic spices are bound to get the blood flowing, getting you ready to dominate your day. If you use offer code ONGUARD, you'll get 10% off your order. So thank you very much, Leather Daddy Skin Co. Well, what I, what I think is important is that the sisters are peaceful but still confrontational. And that's really important because we are a marginalized community. And I don't care. There is no major political organization that is truly fighting for us. They might not hate us and they might want us to do well, but they're not fighting. And like even when the sisters did the thing with Muni, you know, that hit international news and it stopped all so that bullshit. In, in a way, you're doing activism. So oh. is activism and volunteerism, is that... Or can they go uh, hand in hand? Activism is really at the core of everything the that sisters. the sisters do. And we, uh, you know, you don't even have to get in someone's face. Just showing up like this is enough mm. to just trigger and to send people on a spiral. Yeah, when you are guys doing like, your Tennessee like, tour, are you going to do a Tennessee a, tour? No, 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 really upset and yeah. that's it's, it's nice to to be around people who appreciate it and love it and give you the compliments and the accolades and things but honestly we kind of do it for the people who just can't take it right you know there are some people who just could read a newspaper right through you 
when you're next to him, but you're like. Yeah, but the well, work you guys have done. A little bit about you know being so successful. Easter. Oh, Easter is like the, the biggest thing in the city now. I mean, it's yeah. huge. And it's so, uh, can you describe that? Yeah. Uh, people know. So it's it's become one of San Francisco's most cherished iconic it traditions. Is. <laughs> I, I think it's all because year, of Hunky yeah. Jesus. Actually, the Hunky Hunky Jesus. Hunky Jesus, Jesus is, is great. Absolutely incredible. Uh, so it's and a Foxy free, Mary. And Foxy Mary, mm -hmm. and there's a bonnet contest. So it's it, it's um it's the sisters' anniversary. The sisters were founded in 1979 on Easter weekend. So about 20 plus years ago, we decided let's have a free party for the community to thank them for allowing us to be of service and for working with us. So we started in Collingwood Park, and it was very it was kind of Little. small. It's very cute, and uh, when it rained, we would go into the school to the, the auditorium, it. and. Um, on our 20th anniversary, we thought, you know what we should do? We should close Castro Street and have a really big party for our 20th anniversary. And uh, that really upset a lot of people. <laughs> that, that turned, that divided the Board of Supervisors in half. Thank God we had Mark Leno uh, yeah. to stand up for us. And the community came out and they compared us to uh, Nazis holding a celebration uh, during the- Really? You know, yeah, oh, yeah, it was just yeah. insane. And it became so heated that CNN came to San Francisco and this is when like they did stuff like the you know the OJ trial like they had one story and they just stuck on it with cameras all the time and they followed us around the Castro what year for like talking? three days so our 20th anniversary so we were 79 so that would have been 99 99 wow so we had a big meeting and we were like this is blowing up this is really crazy and we're like we could never pay for this kind of publicity so we had a core of us that were selected to go out and speak to the media and the press and they followed us around castro street for like two days just talking to people and talking to us about That's the event great. so when we actually had the cell it did get cleared we got the street closure we had like twenty thousand people like That's it was absolutely wonderful. insane. So after that, it took a whole new trajectory. And we decided this is too big for Collingwood Park. You know, we hit it, we made it. So uh, we went to Dolores Park. Dolores. <laughs> so so yeah. when you're when an organization gets that big and you have that many crowds and numbers, so have you ever ever had to have staffing needs beyond people that were sisters? Oh, we how have did, a, how volunteers. How do you do that? We have a we have a lot of volunteers who work with us. There are some of our volunteers, we couldn't do it without them. Right. right. You know, they're very, they're, they know how to get the permits. They know how to get the porta potties. They know how to like, they take care of a lot of things for us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we have, there's actually, um, if you go online, there's a way to volunteer right now for Easter this year, oh, which is April this. 9th. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's going to be, we're also doing a documentary about Hunky Jesus this year. Oh, oh that's oh, great. So they're going to be filming. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the Sisters in Onyx, my club, do a lot of events together. And the Sisters are doing our Juneteenth beer bus at the Eagle on, uh, it's on June 18th this year. And, and it's an amazing collaboration again, because you know, we're an all black or an all POC organization. And then to have the sisters working with us, it says a lot That's about right. our community. Yes, yeah. so and we have to thank Daddy Ray Tilton for that, oh, because yeah. this is his annual Father's Day, big, huge, it's supposed to be the biggest beer bust of the year. We're going to make a million dollars, and oh, it's, going to be a million, it's going to be incredible for the organization. Yeah, that's so. wonderful. So yeah. thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank that. you, of course. That's great. Um, and then, so we, we're talking about a, a whole bunch of different organizations. What about kink organizations? How does... Do there, we, there are so many kink organizations, clubs, events, 
that people can volunteer for. And it's a great way to meet other kinksters. Yeah. It's a great way to get involved in the community. If you're at an event, you can watch the door. Often they will give you a pass to the event for watching the door for so many hours or sitting at a table and registering people. Um, if you have some skills, you can go and be an educator and help people learn things. I have skills. Um, you <laughs> can you educate us on Can we need it though? Yeah, we do need need it. I, I think uh, Claw, for instance, has all volunteer run educators. Correct? They do. Yeah. It's all volunteer. And they, yeah. I think they had over a hundred classes last time. They did. They did, and they typically do. And almost every event like that, whether it's a conference or um, a, a one-off education event or it's a club or an organization having a beer bust and needing to staff a food table or take tickets or, or sell raffle tickets or whatever. That's all volunteer. There's so many ways to get involved in the community. Yeah. yeah. It but, doesn't have to be, oh, go ahead, Ash. Oh, I was just gonna say, if you wanna get involved, just ask. Yeah. Yep. yeah. You, don't, you don't need permission as much as just like, in, ask the people what they need help with. And they're never gonna say, no, we don't need help, usually. Everyone's right. got skills. Everyone has skills and they always have needs and they'll put you on a list if need be and say, we'll call you when we need some help. Right. And you know, for the person who might be shy or like you say, they're new to the community or they want to break into it, what better way than to be working it? Because it gives you this halo of, you know, everybody wants to fuck the bartender, you know? So if you're working an event, it's a great way to get to meet people. And if you're an introvert and you are kind yeah. of shy and you, you, you can tell the organizer, you know, can I do an... You know, my task can yeah. be something where I'm just sitting there, maybe taking tickets. Coach check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. But at least they get to meet people yeah. and they can maybe come out of their shell a little bit and network and make friends. Well, you mentioned Ray Tilton. Ray and I actually started um, in the mid 80s as little leather boys working at the Sunday beer bus for the leather daddies. Oh. And, and then we had to do everything because, you know, it was a volunteer thing. So we were either on stage or, you know, pouring beer because then you had the pictures, you had to pour yep, the beer, sure selling raffle tickets. So people need that all the time. Yeah. And you say that's how you started out. And look, you really are a leader in that community. So, well, you are, but, you know, so people, that's not the end stage when you volunteer for one. It really is starting a vein in your life that you, that you obviously want to do. It's also great if you want to volunteer. Let's say you don't have a lot of money and you want to go to an event. Yeah. And you go to the organizer yeah. and say, I can't afford to go to this event. But what I'll volunteering can I do so I can get into the event and attend the rest of the event for free? And they'll always make a way. And I think that. a lot of events plan that way, don't they? Do. they? Yeah. It, which they do. is fantastic for the community. It, it really is. Some, make, some have funds for that specific reason, to like make sure people can get in or help people just to finance the end of the event. Like the, the events, it, again, ask. If you're if you're ever curious, just ask how yep. you can help, how you can be involved. It's not hard, but it does take that first step of like stepping out of your comfort zone every once in a while. And you'll be so glad that you did. Yeah. There's 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 no there's it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, we're a fun community. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And the bartender might get fucked, you know? The bartender might get fucked. Exactly. <laughs> you know, one of the things that when people want to volunteer, they think they always have to have somebody have already have an organization or event or whatever. But sometimes you see a need and you fill it. The original leather clubs were people who got together and said, you know, we need this, this kind of camaraderie. We need this club. People who started a, a, a play party, people who started a nonprofit for whatever reason, yeah. somebody had to have that idea and they didn't wait for anybody, they created it. So never assume that you have to wait to volunteer. If you see a need, 
You know, a community needs a calendar kept. I'll keep the calendar. Yeah. You yeah. know, whatever it might be. Be on the calendar. Be on the, be on be the on calendar. The <laughs> you know, I have a question for you guys. Do yeah. you ever feel like when you're out in your full leather gear that you are in danger? Do you ever feel like you're a target or that you may, I mean, it's definitely making a statement. Do you ever feel like you're in danger? Mm, that's a great question. I yeah. think. You, you yeah. Mean, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Puppy gear, puppy gear specifically, but leather yeah. in general can, can get a, a target on you by people that are like, oh. I don't so much in San Francisco, but when I travel and I go to certain cities yeah. and certain towns and I'm in full gear of some sort, I do kind of look around and watch myself I much think more you, than I do here. I think you get the looks, but it's not like drag where you are sticking out like a sore thumb uh, because some people may just think you're Harley or, or a biker. But I um, can see yeah. the way that this the and things are going right now, yeah. that it's not a far leap for me to make them decide that people dressed in some kind of fetish gear is harmful to the children. Well, that's exactly where they're going politically. <clears throat> Which is exactly It is exactly going. their agenda. And you know, I sometimes felt that way in the 70s and then didn't, being in neighborhoods. I think today, I'd think twice. Well, we've been talking about it for years. Yeah. We did a video two years ago about kink at Pride because it's always oh, an argument. Oh, yeah, happens. exactly. And even last year we did a video and I was like, could you imagine if they came for the drag queens? And I... And oh, could I imagine? You know, I, today, <laughs> honestly, when I was getting ready, I thought, what would I do if I lived in Tennessee? And right. I had to go out and get an Uber. If a child sees me, am I going to get arrested? Am I going to get a fine? You would. You know, what? what is, this is the most, that law passing and the way that they presented all these bills in all of these red states to try and, and ban drag or classify it as, as an adult entertainment. Drag, first of all, drag has always been an adult entertainment. Like, drag queens yeah. do not target children yeah drag queens have never targeted children what drag story hour is is it it's a it is a uh, event where uh, say you're a parent and you have a son and you're like he just doesn't he wants to play with dolls and his friends are making fun of him and even my own mother thinks that he's like a little light in the loafers you know he's weird or my my daughter doesn't fit in she's there's something about their child that they know is different they're looking for a place where they can just relax and have fun and let their kid be themselves and hear a story maybe that they can right. relate to or see yeah. someone that they can relate to who doesn't make them feel like they're crazy or evil or going to hell or that's putting judgment. Drag Story Hour is just a place for people to go and, and let children really just be themselves. Exactly. It's just about that. It's nothing more. Nothing and, more. And it's one of the books that is now banned was about the two male penguins in the New York City Zoo who adopted a chick. And that has been in schools forever. It is now banned in these red Republican states. And you're actually right. You know, if I was a little kid and somebody was saying, you know, there's this story about these two male penguins and they adopted this chick. That would have resonated with me more yeah. than Little House on the Prairie, you exactly. know? Exactly. And then the whole, the, the, the whole, the buzzwords of groomer. Yeah. Well, immediately yeah. people jump from drag queen to groomer to, groomer. to pedophile. It's right. like. Well, that you just, uh, you just nailed the nailed it with pedophile they wanted to pin being gay to pedophiles we've we've dealt with this Always. in the 70s yeah. and 80s now because they have this dealing focus. with children this focus a man in a dress 
must be a pedophile. You right. Know what? And the worst thing that can happen to a child at Drag Story Hour is if someone shows up with a gun. Right. right. When right. all the right wingers right. show I mean, up with their guns. Know, who do they think they're terrorizing? They're terrorizing these poor kids. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You know, drag has been an entertainment forever. I mean, I was just thinking of Some Like It Hot. Some Like It Hot. Right. You know, <laughs> Milton Berle. Bugs yeah. Bunny. Does Medea? Yes. You know, yeah. look at that, and it's yeah. fantastic films. Well, but, what, you know, I think we all know what this is. It's just a giant smoke screen. It's really an attack on our entire community, and it's it's an effort that's going to lead to the criminalization, the silencing, yeah. the erasure of queer and trans people. Exactly. And do you entirely. think the community is responding appropriately? No. Are I they having your back? I think that they're like, you know, people. I believe that some people are like, well, you know, it's true. Like, why do they have to have sexual stuff well, around kids? It's like, we don't. Like, we don't. <laughs> yeah. We don't. But you know who's doing a good job is Joe, my God. I got to give him a shout out. Because every day he is really publicizing all of the priests and the Christian ministers who are arrested every single oh, day. Wait. There is not one drag queen that has ever gone after kids. I would love to see the number of, of boys that were molested in, in Boy Scouts as a, compared to the number well, of the Catholic Church. Catholic Church. Zero. At Drag Queen Story Hour, there have been literally zero. zero. Yeah, right. No, you should just take them to Hooters. That's a much better Exactly. <laughs> but I love Hooters. So, wow. but you know, I, w I was just thinking, uh, I grew up here in, in San Mateo, mm -hmm. and my parents always went to Finocchio's when I was a child. Sure. And they'd bring back the little postcard with all the men, and I'd look at it, and I couldn't wait to go to once go, I turned right. 18. Well, I, I was there. Man. I had a friend in the 70s who applied so many times to get into Charles Purse's, um, Pierce's Jewel Box Review. Never got in. But tried and tried and tried. And I got it. They used to perform at Pinocchio's. But that went around the country. It played in straight places. Mm -hmm. Remember of the course. Jewel Box Review? And you know. No. What, what, you know, it was, we will show, was it? We'll show the kids the jewel box. No, it was kind of, it was this. I was being polite. No. I have no idea. <laughs> you know. I present to you the Jewel Box Review. First established as a Miami nightclub in 1939 by Doc Brenner and Danny Brown, the Jewel Box showcased enchanting acts of female impersonators to largely straight audiences. Two years later, the Jewel Box Review took to the road, dazzling and delighting crowds across America. My mother, I remember when I was, they had moved to Las Vegas and my mother's favorite show was Boylesque on the Strip. Exactly. And we would go in and I forget, the, the 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 person the drag queen was the, the the big star they were on first name basis and i said mom and she goes oh i love this form of entertainment she went about 20 25 times to boylesque and they they always made a fuss over her and she had a good time that was probably my kenny, mother was kind kenny of the, curve it was kenny curve yeah. when i do my television show am i going to be a boy or a girl <laughs> yes <laughs> She loved it, and she was kind of conservative. Yeah, but she loved it. Well, in Provincetown, it was all straight people in Jimmy James's Marilyn Monroe show, you know? And you'd go in there and you felt out of place because you were queer, because everybody else right. was straight well, and like, loving it. Listen, if you go to DragCon today, that's what you see. You see mothers with their kids. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of, it's, it's hugely crossover. It, people are like, you know, why is there so many drag queens on TV? Why are there so many pe trans people now? It's like, guess what? 
We've always been here. Right. Literally always been here. But the minute you get some kind of exposure and more people are talking about it, the more threatened they feel and the scared, more scared they get. So they're pushing back and they're trying to erase us and silence us. And we know how that works. Doesn't work very well. It's not work. our first time at the rodeo. Don't <laughs> <laughs> like trying to silence a drag queen. I big mistake. Well, they are. I mean, I'm originally from New York State, and I got to tell you, they are the ones. I know everybody always brings it up, but I'll tell you, if drag queens have had enough at Stonewall, a lot of gay organizations they came out of that. They spurned out of that. Yeah, that this Compton is serious. Cafeteria riot. The here in San right, Francisco with, predates Stonewall. Absolutely. They're like done. They're like, you know what? This ain't happening. Like, yeah, so Chris don't. brought up a great point. Do you think that young gay people are reacting the way that I'm not saying that we reacted much better earlier on, but like with Anita Bryant and and all of those things, we did react, and I don't see that kind of outrage. What I'm not seeing is a visible reaction right. from our community. Right. I see a lot of online warriors who are... Trying. She's right there. She's just, she's honking. She's just... <laughs> <laughs> that, that are on Twitter talking to their bubble going, this is horrible. Right. But that's not getting out to that's not how we used to do activism right. no, um, armchair activists armchair yeah. activists yeah but if they inspire somebody you know that really does have the skill and the connections to do something different because i will tell you like you said it's absolutely everyday people who started organizations that make a difference but when is that going to happen i mean well, how long do we well, wait well, and who see. organizes that do, yeah. but you want to know something i've always always respected reverend sharpton he shows up in that community when bullshit goes down al sharpton shows up and he has been a voice and he does it on his own we have an organization that takes millions and millions of dollars out of our community, and we don't have a voice that always shows up. And we used to, I'll tell you. And that voice, because things weren't you know, like how they are on social media, was us out in the streets. Local activism, like the sisters, like Onyx doing their things, is important to be visible, Right. And, you know, we need in our community somebody that is going to get down into our communities, stop being at the Washington parties, and be in the goddamn streets with right. us. Because we had a sense of urgency. Like, we, we were did. literally mm -hmm. fighting for you know, our lives. Yeah. Like, we, we are again. Our we are. We, and like, we are again. We just don't realize right, it yet. Exactly. We are, well, it, it's like the, the water is boiling and we don't realize it. Listen, yeah. when HTLV three first came around and I was a queer little baby nurse and there was this great doctor in the ER who said, you know, these people down here, none of us are gay. We don't know anything about this. You know, it's that new thing. And will you get on and talk to him? And I was like, I've been a nurse for one year. What am I going to say? But it, that was the start of people starting to do things like the right. sisters saying, you know, here's how you protect yourself. Here are, you know, guidelines for safer sex. That came I mean, from the, the streets. We made the progress. We're like the right to serve, the right to marry. People start to yeah. feel really drag races in every country and right. every, te every television. So you start to feel really safe and complacent and sort of right. chill. You're like, we're good. We're but good. But now we you need know, to look stand at Roe versus Wade. We're not good. Like it can yeah. change in a heartbeat. Well, but we need to get that urgency back. We need to get people do. to stand up and fight. And drag queens need parents to stand up and go, I love Drag Story Hour. It saved my kid's life because that it is, literally is what it can do. And I've seen and that it, a few times now. Yeah, and I, good. I, I'd so love more that. of it. And the yeah. sisters need to keep fighting with the leather community. And the white people need to keep supporting the black people. And we all need to come together. Come together. We all need to support and, the drag queens right and now. And can yeah. I say, 
that I think we need to align very, very strongly with the trans community because yes. they are the, along with drag queens, they are the number one target in the red states oh, right yeah, now. Yeah. And, and a yeah. lot of queers have stand, stood back and said, well, it's not us. It's not and us. And they shouldn't because right. they are us. They, so. Their target is all of us. It's yeah. all they are, of us. It is all of us. Yeah, and I when agree. we separate from the very people who took the risk and started protesting early on, which was drag queens, well, I'll tell you one other thing. The women, the gay women, who, when I was a nurse early on, I was a baby nurse, didn't know much. However, you know, when we had funerals and Fred Phelps started showing up and protesting our funerals, I'll tell you, those women who used to be the protectors at abortion clinics to get women in showed up. And they showed up at funerals and, and started doing things that was all volunteer, all through word of mouth. And you know what I'm worried about? If something happened to our community like HIV did today, I don't think we'd have the same response. I think that there are political groups that would see it as an opportunity to destroy us more. So what do we do? Well, I think I, people I, I, have to go to local organizations in their communities like the sisters, support them, because our national organizations have not done much for us. They didn't alert us that this was coming. Yeah. And if they didn't read the tea leaves that all this stuff was going to start happening, then what good are they? Well, I, I, I think they try, or at least some organizations try. Yeah. I don't think we want to hear it. Like Roma said, we got a bit complacent. Very because we got everything we wanted yeah. for a yes. while, yes. right? We we yeah. like look at the gayberhoods; they're gone, and oh. we've we've gentrified into and nothingness yeah. now. We're living in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh yeah. We need to support outside, our outside in those red areas in whatever way we can. Throw our money at, at, at their needs, activism in any way we can. Maybe we need to physically go there and protest. I don't know what we need to do, but. We sit in our blue bubble, right? And we have to understand that there are people that we. I know people say, "Well, you're in a red state, just move." They can't always they can't. move. No. They don't want to move. Right. We have to fight for them. Fight for them. And you know what happened in Florida? Al Sharpton showed up, and within three days, he had a march of hundreds of people into Tallahassee about that AP course, you know, in Black Studies. Yeah. And you know, we have organizations that are taking millions of dollars out of our community, and actually in Florida. Queers and the queer community is more under attack. You know, they're constantly making these laws, and I just think people need to support their local active organizations like Onyx, like the Sisters, because they're the ones doing the real work in these communities. Show up. I will show up for AMP. Okay. Yes. Okay, so AMP asked a little bit earlier, so what do we do? And as an older gentleman, I have to admit that I'm sitting back waiting for younger. younger people to do something and, and get it all going so that I could say, you know, good job, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Are younger people waiting for us to do something? I think younger people think they're doing something by posting a TikTok and a, and a retweet and a, and a, a YouTube video. Like, we're active in our scene here in San Francisco, but, like, online, people think, oh, my God, I got a million likes and views on a, a TikTok. I'm, I'm popping off. They don't care. Yeah. They yeah, don't but, care. But they, want the impression. they want the engagement. What, what, what needs to happen is, yeah, we have to have people in the organizations and in, 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 our, in our demographics that are actually advocating for us, but it's also terrifying as fuck. Yeah. yeah. You you know, say, hey. But showing up and doing the work is yeah. important, and, too. And... 
I think we need to march into legislators' offices and confront them directly. Peaceful, confrontational, I have, absolutely. I have been in the congressional offices. I Me have too. lobbied directly. It actually matters. They listen. They do. And even if it's an aide that says, I'll take the notes, they can't be, the congressperson can't be here right now. Your physical presence matters. So showing up, going directly to them and say, you can't do this to us. Right. But you know, it is about the voters. And I think those people, if they even rally a few of whoever you call them, you know, like their peeps, whatever, their likes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm an old man. But if they get somebody who didn't vote to show up, that is activism. Because I'll tell you, Gen Z showed up. And we need Gen Z to keep showing up because they are a new voting block that can counterbalance all of these right-wing voters. Let me ask you, is money a form of volunteering, uh, donations to organization? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. There are people that have money that may not want to be the front-facing person, and they can support an organization or they can support a cause. I think it absolutely is a form of volunteering. It is. I think it takes a lot of trust because we all have heard of corporations and people who give money to both sides. Right. Yeah. So to me, yeah. it's like, if you show up physically, that means a lot more to me. Um, yes, I want to money writing too. A check. But if you're writing a check, you might be writing a check to those other people too. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I'll tell you, when I was working, I'm retired now, but I did donate money to the Gay Center and to HRC, and I stopped because... I was like, the Gay Center finally opened here in San Francisco, and I think it could still be something, but it's not what they first polled. And it isn't, you know, it's not a, a entry point for us, just like HRC. You know, I'll, Get Equal used to do a lot of really good activism, and they kind of fizzled away in about 2018. But, you know, I think money is what is going to get somebody the vehicle to finally say something meaningful and be somewhere meaningful. We need both. We need, we need the money we need and we both. need Everybody physical needs presence. Money, especially today, for sure. So my final question is, how do organizations make their volunteers feel appreciated? How do they, do you get burnout volunteering oh. and how does an organization deal with that? I mean, I think that's why you don't see volunteers as active yeah. as they are today. Yeah. It feels thankless. Even, even, even this conversation, which is a wonderful, like, spark for people to hopefully get involved in activism and, and volunteering, is so thankless because people online will will try to argue with you. They'll try to yeah. like dislike the video. They'll try to post comments about how this is not helpful, or they'll accuse you of not doing enough. Like, where it's it's the thanklessness that 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 tends to, I think, make people not want to be engaged and involved. I think sometimes. you're right. But, so I'm going to use the example of the organization for the shirt you're wearing, yes. San Francisco Leatherman Discussion Group. Every year, they have a volunteer appreciation event. Mm. They print them a special t-shirt. They, they have a big party. They say, here are our volunteers. We want to thank you very much for all the work that you're doing. We also use this event every year to commemorate our volunteers. We're a all-volunteer 501c3 nonprofit. Without our volunteers, we wouldn't exist. So we want to acknowledge them. That means so much. Every organization, every event, anytime people volunteer, if you thank them, it means so much to them. And to Am's point about some people, you know, not maybe volunteering enough, they're going to then want to, yeah. it means so much to someone. It doesn't take a lot to say thank you. Here's a token, a token of our right. appreciation, whatever it might be. 
put them in front of the audience, have the audience clap for them. I love it. It really matters. Yeah, check in with your volunteers. Yeah. You know, be like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you great? Do you need anything? Yeah. You know, take them if you need a break. Let's figure it out. Like, make sure that they feel appreciated and cared for. And for if sure. you attend an event, don't abuse them if you're having a bad time or something didn't go the way you think. So it's a BDSM club. And that, and like that. <laughs> the sisters do this at Easter, like the little volunteer area with the snacks and Which stuff. Which is great. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a small thing, but who doesn't want to be in a sectioned off area with some snacks that no one else gets? <laughs> or free it's, it's really the little shit. thing. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's like, oh, I got this little thing of red if, block. If you're running an organization, it does not cost much to get like a bulk order of something special monogrammed or personalized even just like stopping whatever's happening to say can all the volunteers stand up thank you give a clap oh, yeah. Yeah. make those people feel and special to what he alluded feed your volunteers oh, yeah. if you're going to be there for a while feed your volunteers oh, yeah. make sure they have plenty of food and drink <laughs> yeah. and they feel like they're taken care of yeah we eat it at tenderloin Tennessee's oh, yeah. holiday dinners, and sometimes there was even like a, a pie left over. Ooh, a pie! Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I volunteered at Project Open Hand, you know, they would let the volunteers take the food that they couldn't give away to people, and that saved me because I was I was in a, a rough spot there. So you know, I volunteered. They give me food. It was great. But I just want to say one more thing. Talking about the T-shirts, uh -huh. I'm yeah. wearing my Tama Finley shirt today, but my favorite is from the Boxer Rescue because oh, yeah. each year. Um, they put the names of the dogs who have passed away, uh, and and my two dogs have their names on that shirt, oh, and I just love that shirt. Well, of course, like, I see their names. You know, oh, that's that is really sweet. That is. What one other thing is, I was at a leather event, and the MC at every evening event would say to the audience, "Everybody here, realize that there's a lot of volunteers making this happen. When you see them, thank them." Yeah. When you walk in that door and that person takes your ticket or whatever, thank them for volunteering because they're not getting paid, they're volunteering. Yeah, I actually do that a lot. Yeah. Even yeah. like the people who work for the SPCA, like at the Macy's Holiday Windows. Mm -hmm. Oh like, yeah. Shantae and I go down there all the time to look at it and we always thank the volunteers, you know, for being there. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So final question, and I think I know the answer to this. Do you think there's ever gonna come a time when you hang up your boa and oh. walk away? <laughs> <laughs> Sashay away. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I just, I, uh, something along the lines of what you're saying is like we're waiting for the younger generation to step up and feel the urgency and, and take the reins. Um, and I feel a lot of that sometimes. You know, I, I feel like I can pull back a little bit. Maybe, maybe I don't have to be the, the, the sister who does, you know, all of it or the person who shows up for all these things. But I don't think I'll ever stop until I probably physically can. Good. I hope. I hope that somebody will wheel me out if need be. <laughs> you know, that, and I mean, why would I? Like I said, there's always a new cause. There's always a new reason to be of service or to stand up. You know, march with women and gun control on the planet. Like we need. There's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And none of it's going to be solved overnight, and definitely not in my lifetime. So yeah. I, you know, I'm gonna. I'm committed. You're only 37. Thank you. <laughs> and, and I'm I... a young Christian woman. <laughs> Can I say it? All my friends will attest to this because I've said it more than once. You are one of my favorite humans. 
You represent everything that is good about humanity. You volunteer, you're heartless, you're there, you show up, Always. you do the work. On time. And you, and you were on time. Always no, on time. You are one of my, and I, and I can point to 20 friends that will say, I have said that. Mm -hmm. You are one of my favorite humans. I hold you up with so much respect because of what you do and who you are. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank it's true. You. So that thank was... you so much for coming on our show and sharing. It's true. Well, I love all of you too, and you know that. You I know do. that. Well, thank, thank you. This is great. This is actually more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Did I didn't think we were fun. No, I knew it was going to be good, but I mean, this is, I've, I've had the best time. Thank you so oh, much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I think that we should. I'd like to personally, I think we all should. This show couldn't happen without the volunteers behind the camera. Yep. Keegan, Samson, today Artie. Um, thank you for showing up for all of our shows. And Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, and Amp. <laughs> But you're the producer. You produce this shit. We gave you wine. <laughs> but I also think we should thank volunteers at home right. um, for all that they do and stepping up because everyone does volunteer in they some do. way or aspect. So. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you for volunteering Thank you. and keep it up. And we're waiting for the next generation to step up too. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I'm gonna call time on this. Um, Thank you for watching. I wanna thank our sponsors, Leather Daddy Skin Co. and Mr. S Leather. Uh, if you want to see more episodes, please leave comments and likes below. If you want to be notified of our next one, ring that bell down below. And I want to thank Roma once again for being on our show. And where can people find you? Well, I'm all over social media. I, I am risking my life with the Chinese government on TikTok. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm not there a lot. I'm mostly on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and everything's at Sister Roma. Okay. And what about the sisters themselves? The sisters' website is thesisters.org. The okay. Right. Follow us and come join, join. Come volunteer with us. We would love to see you. Fantastic. We can't wait for Easter. Yeah, you yeah. Thank you. And we want to thank you at home for watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.